Now, look here, I respect what you folks in the media do. And my door is always going to be open. All right, you can ask me anything. No topic will be into touch. All right, one final question. Uh, how about the fellow right there in the second row? Yeah. I, I like your glasses. Oh, thank you. Trent Crim, The Independent. I just want to make sure I have this right. You're an American who's never set foot in England, whose athletic success has only come at the amateur level, a second-tier one at that, and has now been charged with the leadership of a Premier League football club, despite clearly possessing very little knowledge of the game. You got a question in there, Trent? Yeah. Is this a fucking joke? <laughs> Welcome to another episode and a new chapter of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. God, just the happiness in our voices <laughs> as we're starting this is great. Oh, and this is uh, this is the Revisited Podcast. <laughs> I forgot. It's me. I'm so excited that I don't care. This is the Revisited Podcast for uh, Ted Lasso. Season one, episode one, pilot. <laughs> what a great t- episode title, right? Let, let's. Yeah. I, I feel like we should dig into the episode title and what it really means first. You know, pilot. No, no, I don't think there's any deeper meaning. In the of course, title. there isn't. Of course, there isn't. <laughs> this and is being not hilarious. Lost. <laughs> being hilarious. This is not lost. Um, yeah. So again, a new chapter of revisited. We are incredibly excited to to dive into this series. It, you know, we're it was bittersweet wrapping up Lost because we spent so much time with that show, and yeah. that is a show you and I. I know I can speak for you. We both absolutely love. Um, I'm currently rewatching it again right now with, with your with your children. Yeah, who are obsessed. Ted Lasso, however, I will say. I, as much as I love Lost, I'm excited for this because Ted Lasso is a show I fucking adore. This show very quickly became one of my favorite shows of all time. I agree. I, I There's something about this show. I mean, even watching the pilot where everything is so different from when, when you get, you know, to the end of the show, but it's so well done the first episode. And in my opinion, they stay very true to their characters from the get go. These are fully fleshed out characters. I think this is a fully fleshed out story, which we realized later that they had a story to tell and they told it. Despite all of the success of Ted Lasso, they had no idea that Jason Sudeikis has said, I had no idea that this was going to explode in the way that it did. Mm-hmm. And they could have had more seasons, but they wanted to tell the story that they set out to tell. And I think that the integrity of that alone just proves how wonderful this story is because they didn't 
they didn't deter away from their original story model. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And Dave and I like to joke around a lot that it is the most vulgar, wholesome show you'll ever see. It really is. And I, I even have that in my notes, too, in that even watching this first episode again, rewatching this pilot. And let me say, too, it is going to be very difficult to not want to just keep watching. Oh, I almost did every, it every week. Today. I almost did yeah. too. Like I almost started. I was like, let me watch the second episode. And started the countdown for the next episode. I'm like, <laughs> I could do this. I could do this right now. <laughs> well, we could do it as soon as we're done recording this. We could jump into the second mm-hmm. episode because then we're technically already into research for the next episode. Um, but yeah, like even rewatching this pilot, like the language that is in this show is they do not hold back at all. This is a show that is incredibly wholesome, does deal with some very difficult life topics throughout, um, you know, anxiety in particular, which is something that I know I, myself, you and a number of other people, we, it, it, it really hits hard with that too, which is one of the reasons why I think I love this show as much as I do, but you're right. As much as wholesome as this show is, and as great as these characters are, this is not a show for kids because no. <laughs> purely of the language and some of the topics, some of the content. Right. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I, you know, but it's almost there yeah. for a whole family audience, but they do take that extra step in every single show. Um, and, and one of, one of the first, uh, scenes that you really see that this show is not going to be a family show is when Rebecca is firing George. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like one of my favorite lines that she does. And she says, Oh, there's that other one, Liam and Noel, although perhaps not an oasis. (laughs) And I love right there. I, I know we're already getting into like topics too. I'll, I'll wait. I'll save it because yeah, because we're gonna get but, into it, right? But um, the first show. I mean, for me, I always have a rule with any new show is I always give it three episodes. Me right? too. Same because rule. the pilot is never good, and I and I actually developed that rule with Walking Dead because it's not until the third episode of the first season of Walking Dead that I felt that connected to the story. Um, and so, but for this show. From the first episode, yep. I was in, first, 100% in. We'll, we'll talk about it as we do the breakdown, but there's one particular line. You and I talked about it before we started right. recording. There's yeah. one particular line that the moment I heard it, I was like, I'm in. Like, I am yeah. in on this show, and it was on, it's in the first 10 minutes of the it's pilot. Such a good show, yeah. And I'm with you. I have that rule for uh, three. I give any show three episodes. Every once in a while, I may break it and give a couple more. Yeah. Um, but I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, ordinarily they're going to try and give you a really strong pilot to kind of lure you in. The second episode is going to drop off because it's not going to be as good as the pilot. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't start coming back up by the third episode, I'm, I'm just going to drop it. Got other stuff to watch. Yeah. And 90% of the time that rule usually works because it's mm-hmm. usually shows that end up getting canceled or mm-hmm. only go for two seasons. Um, the only time I ever made the exception, and I really regret it now too, um, is American Horror Story. I watched the entire first season of that show and hoping it was going to get better, and it never did. And I apologize to anybody listening who enjoys that show. I was like, I'm not watching the second season because I hated the first season. And then I found out that they it was same cast, totally new story. 
and it was all taking place in an asylum. And I was like, oh, that's got potential. I will I will give it another shot. And then within the first 10 minutes of the pilot of the premiere of the second season, they talk about alien abductions. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> and I have never gone back to that show. Never. I was the same way. The only time I broke my rule was with The Office. It took me seasons to start liking that show. Seasons. That first season is, is awful. Is harsh. Can't. I there's, can't. I can't. There's a couple moments in that first season that are good, but it is Michael is deplorable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's season. really uh, it's a it, that's a show I struggle with on why it's so popular. And I just want to apologize to anybody listening right now. I have I have cold. And I just felt my voice leave <laughs> for a split second. So I apologize in advance um, for this. But get, let's get back to Ted Lasso. So um, we do have a new... First of all, we want to welcome all of the new listeners. We know that Ted Lasso is a completely different show than Lost. So I'm sure that we have new listeners that are really excited uh, that we're covering a show that is also... It just ended so recently. It ended really well. Um, and everybody's excited to rewatch it again, which I, I think is great. I, I want to tell you just what gets me excited about new listeners. Cause I share that, you know, welcome any new listeners that are coming in. We do feedback. Like we take audience and listener feedback and we mm -hmm. read it or play it on at the end of the show. If you're just new to this podcast and you're just coming in, we have more feedback for this pilot episode of Ted Lasso than we have ever had for any episode of our loss coverage. Any episode. Yeah. And that includes the pilot and finale of mm -hmm. Lost. We yeah. have more feedback for this episode of Ted Lasso than we have ever had. And that warms my heart. It really well, does. Well, I think that Ted Lasso, and I, I'm so glad that you say that because something that I did want to to approach about Ted Lasso. I think Ted Lasso came out, first of all, it came out in 2020 and it came out during a time where at, as far as America goes, we, oh man, what a rough, what a rough year. It was a rough year worldwide, but America had its own set of problems at the same time during the pandemic. We had a lot, it was just such a tumultuous, angry, negative time um, for us. And Ted Lasso came in like this beautiful breath of fresh air. And it was this like 30 minutes of self-care that I feel we all got every week. Um, and that, I think that the the perfect timing of that show is kind of like when Animal Crossing came out during the during the pandemic. Yeah. Like everybody needed Animal Crossing in that moment. Everybody needed Ted Lasso in that moment. We needed to feel like everything was going to be okay. And to me, from the very first episode, from this episode, you get that feeling that everything's going to be okay. There's a lot of problems that crack through. Like you know that Rebecca is reeling from her recent divorce. And Ted is uh, estranged from his wife that we learn at the end of the episode. And Nate is used to not even being called by his name. And there's just, there's all, and Jamie's a mess and Roy is an asshole. And I mean, there's just these cracks that you see in the surface of the first pilot episode, but there's that unifying message of everything is going to be okay. Because even through all of that, Ted Lasso still remains positive. He still remains himself. Um, 
And you can tell that that's going to be like that gold inlay of all of the tr- of all of the cracks that are in this that are in this episode, and you're headed towards something um, beautiful. I'm I'm glad you brought this up because before we start into this, you know, I I I do know there are a bunch of people who are listening who have never seen the show before. This is their first go through with the show. Many people, this is their second, third, or even fourth go of the show. And trust me. I get it because I've watched this show twice through already. It's so, so easy to watch. It's incredibly easy to watch. And they start off, you're right, half hours. And then as we progress, there are longer episodes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they ever break like an hour. I think maybe there's a couple Never. episodes here and there that are maybe up to like 40, like 50 minutes to an hour. Um, but for the most part, they stay between that half hour to 45 minute long range yep. half hour 30 40 minute long range yeah um but i did want to give a brief history of the show and how the show came to be because there is a quote from jason sudeikis that really does ring out everything that you talked about about how we needed something better at the time mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so for those of you that don't know the character of ted lasso was actually created uh by jason sudeikis he originally portrayed the character as part of uh tv commercials for NBC Sports promoting their coverage of the Premier League. I didn't uh, know that. Oh, yeah. They're all on YouTube as well. Oh, YouTube. I have to. I'm making a note right now. Yeah, it's it's amazing that the show came from a character for TV commercials. I'm so um, excited now. Jason Sudeikis, he created the character, and it was just that. It was Ted Lasso is this head coach that is brought in to uh, be the new head coach of the Tottenham Hotspurs FC. Um, so it wasn't AFC Richmond. AFC Richmond is a team created for the series. Um, so in about in uh, in about 2015, Sudeikis' then girlfriend Olivia Wilde suggested that he revisit the character, perhaps in a story in which Lasso found his career direction change. Whereas the original Lasso was more broadly comic, and as Sudeikis described him as belligerent, which it is a different character in the commercials than it is in the series. Uh, he decided to make Lasso more sympathetic for the television series, explaining his reason for doing so in an interview with The Guardian. He's quoted as saying, It was the culture we were living in. I'm not terribly active online, and it even affected me. Then you have Donald Trump coming down the escalator. I was like, okay, this is silly. And then what he unlocked in people. I hated how people were listening to one another. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I hated how people weren't listening to one another. Things became very binary, and I don't think that's the way the world works. And as a new parent, we had our son Otis in 2014. I was like, boy, I don't want to add to this. Yeah, I just don't want to portray it. Meaning the way the character was in the commercials. Because mm-hmm. Ted Lasso in the commercials does seem very ignorant to the rules and everything. Whereas what we get from Ted he's willing to learn about everything. Right. So I do invite people, if you've never seen them before, go on YouTube and just Google Ted Lasso NBC Sports and you'll find... I'm definitely going to do that. You will find a bunch of those shorts and commercials that he did. Oh, wow. People that watched the show then expecting that character probably were thrown for a little bit of a loop then. Possibly, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm glad then, I'm glad that the character changed because of the climate of our country, because the show would not have worked and it would not have been popular if, if Ted wasn't Ted. Yeah. I agree. I agree completely. 
Um, so let's get into the episode. Well, before we do that. Um, oh, yeah, let's do that. The format is going to be very similar to Lost, but we're going to do things a little bit differently because we do know there are a number of listeners that are joining us who have never watched the series before. So right. un- unlike Lost, we're not going to do the very spoilery stuff like we did. Lost has been out for over a decade, so we were well past spoiler territory. We were able to do it. Ted Lasso is still relatively new. And again, we know a number of you are watching for the first time. So we don't want to do the heavy spoilery stuff. Like we did with Lost. We don't want to ruin it for you. We want mm-hmm. you to discover these new paths and what happens with these characters as you go through and watch it just as we did. So if we do happen to bring up anything that's going to be potentially spoiler, we're going to be very broad. We're not going to go into specifics. If we have anything specific we want to spoil talk about spoilery we're going to save it for the end of the conversation um we're going to let you know ahead of time okay we're heading into spoiler territory and then in the show notes i'm going to start putting timestamps, so you're going to know what portion to skip of the podcast if you want to avoid spoilers like really specific spoilers yes so from this time to this time in the show notes you'll know skip to this time. And I think I might even be able to add chapters so that you can kind of just skip an entire chapter. I got to look into that a little bit more. Um, But just for safety sake, I'm going to put timestamps in the show notes that will say spoiler territory from here to here. Um, So so if you don't want to hear this, the very specific spoilers, we will we will take it out or we will give you, we will let you know what portion to avoid. And then you can come back and you can hear us finish up our final thoughts and everything else. Um, So a little bit different than lost, but we wanted to make sure we keep it fresh for people who are new and have never seen. Yes. That said, that said, I have, it's a half hour pilot and I have more notes for this pilot than I did. Oh, the other thing we're going to add to every episode, because there are so many, is we're going to start talking about some of our favorite quotes from the episode, too. Because this show is incredibly quotable. Oh my gosh, so quotable. We already have quotes on the soundboard. Oh my god, yeah, I mean, it's just... Fuck no! (laughs) Bullshit! (laughs) Well, that's fucking mental. I mean, they're all Roy Kent. Um, Well, with the... We got one, we got one, Yeah. Remember... It's just pooper. <laughs> you've been hearing <laughs> these quotes up and like for a if while. If you've been listening now. to us, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> whistle! Whistle! <laughs> so all right, enough with them. Um all right. we'll talk about some of our favorite quotes as we go through too. I I'm just as excited as you are, but I'm going to let you start this conversation. Okay. So <laughs> I'm really excited because we get um, we get such a great introduction. I I, I just want to start off by saying like we get such a great intro- introduction to all of these characters, and it's I mean, and it's not just Ted and Rebecca and Roy and Keely, but it's also um, Leslie Higgins. It's also Beard and Nate, and um, we get our first flash of the team where we see Sam, and Sam is just wonderful in every way. And we see the French guy whose name is escaping me. We see Colin. We see McAdoo. Like yeah, yes, all right, these characters, exactly. Yeah. And then we also get um, from the very first episode, and I guess I just didn't. 
put it together that he was there from the very beginning was Trent Krim from The Independent, who is one of my favorite characters of this show. He's, I think he's top five of of this show. I I can see that, and and I want to, you know, we're mentioning all these characters that we're getting these very loose introductions to. Um, Yeah. For anybody who's first time watching. Every single one of these characters that you have seen, even Baz, Jeremy, and Paul, the three guys in the pub. Who are wonderful. They, every single one of these characters, you may not have gotten a big introduction into them yet. You are going to learn so much about every single face that you have seen in this episode. And that, and there's something really to, to to say about that because it shows that they're very intentional with their casting and their characters. Mm-hmm. And you know, somebody that has seen the whole show, you also know that their characters stay true to themselves, even as they evolve. These characters stay true to themselves, and I think one of the biggest examples of that is Rebecca. Oh my um, god. Yeah, it, it's it's actually one of the final. It's actually one of the notes I have at the end too, but I can mention it now. Is that even though it seems like it is right now, it seems like it could be right now. Not, and I thought about this really hard. Like I went over all the characters throughout the entire run of the series. One thing to keep in mind is that there is not one character with the exception of maybe the coach that gets fired. George, George. No, actually it doesn't even qualify for George either. Um, There is not one character in this show, who is a one note character. Every single one of them has a deeper impact. Mm -hmm. There is so much more to every one of these characters. Some of them you may not discover until the third season, Mm -hmm. but there is something more than just surface to every one of these characters. I agree. I agree. None of them are surface I, characters. Um, but the introduction to Rebecca, especially, I think, is is quite wonderful because she presents herself as this really kind person to Ted mm-hmm. from the very beginning, and you want to believe that that's really how she is. But um, you know, it slowly unfolds in the episode that she has different plans for Ted. You know, and that she's going to use Ted to get back at Rupert, her uh, ex-husband, who we only see in a photograph in this episode, which is hilarious to me. He, um, he comes in later this season, yeah. But well, no, no, no. But th- that's our only introduction, yeah, to, to him Rupert. in this in this episode. And um, but you get a sense of Rebecca is hurting from the very beginning. You know, she is a woman scorned. She is, and. Yeah. And man, is is does Hannah Weddington play her just perfectly? Yeah. You know, um, she's she's very careless with her staff. She's obviously very um, revengeful, but she plays it in this very multifaceted way. Even from the pilot, you know, she's got this. Do you want it, Leslie? Do you want this painting? And he's like, "That's a that's a million pounds." And she's like, "I guess you shouldn't have said that. Sell it, <laughs> yep. you know, auction it." Like, she definitely is, is somebody who has no care for material possessions. Yet she carries herself in a way that is very refined and very distinguished. Um, 
And I think that that speaks a lot to who she is underneath all of the, you know, couture and the makeup and the heels and this or that. Like, you see that there is more to Rebecca from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, When Ted looks at her and says, how are you holding up? She's almost shocked by the fact that that he would care. You know, I, and I have that I have that in my notes, too, when when he says that, you know, like, oh, well, how are you? I, I was like that it's multifaceted because you're right. Like it, it kind of takes Rebecca by surprise, which says mm-hmm. something about Rebecca's character. But it also speaks volumes about Ted's character, because this is somebody he has literally just met and mm-hmm. he is already asking her, how is she? And he's on no sleep. Yeah, he's on no sleep in culture shock. He just drank tea, you know, and, and he's still and he's still concerned about everybody else around him, even, uh, you know, and, and we'll get into Ted in a second bit because um, the introduction to his character is fantastic, too. But I mean, just strictly speaking from a Rebecca point of view, she handles that press crowd, handles it. Mm-hmm. You know, she um, she's very much in charge um in in her office, which again speaks speaks to her character overall, because that coach George could have come in and just manipulated her, railroaded her, like the things that he was saying to her about her impressive chest. You know, um, she she just didn't. Eat, she just treated him exactly like he should have been treated in that moment. Yeah, you know, I loved it when when uh, he said, "What are you firing for me for?" And she's like, "Well, to start off your casual misogyny," and then she's like, "That was probably a really big word for you." You know, I mean, <laughs> ask your daughter how to uh, what it means. Right, exactly. It you know, everything about her and her introduction in this episode is just perfect, and I you're just a fan. Yeah, she I mean it, you're you're a fan in of the character because of how complex she seems. And you learn again, it goes back to what I mentioned about how none of these characters are surface characters. Like there is mm-hmm. so much more to Rebecca that like I remember the first time I watched the pilot I was like, "Oh, is this a character I'm going to end up hating?" Because yes, of everything. You don't know. Because you d- you don't know. Like again, like you you mentioned like she defends Ted in front of the press corps after that press conference, but then immediately goes into telling Leslie, I, he's a wanker. I brought him in to destroy this club because Rupert loves it. Like, right. She's already a complicated character. And I was like, like, I don't know if I'm going to love this character or hate this character. I mean, and I have since made my decision on that and I stand absolutely stand by it. You know exactly what it is because you're the same exact way. Um, you, you know, like, but there is so much more to she is a woman at this point who takes no shit. Mm-hmm. And later on, she becomes a woman who takes no shit. Yeah. In a completely. That never changes with her. In a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And agree. it's, it's, you will understand what we mean as you get further in to this. But one of the things I kind of realized, and this is very loose spoilery, I'm not going to go into, um, cause this is something that doesn't pertain to the end. This is, you will, this is relatively quickly. Um, you realize that Rebecca is the person we know and we meet because of Rupert. Um, mm-hmm. and then that will eventually develop 
as we go forward and you start to realize that as you as you watch i'm not going to say in what regards or what brings it on because again yeah keeping it very broad but yeah she is just rebecca is such an amazing character and you're right hannah waddington there's a reason why she has won the emmy for yeah. playing this character by the way so many emmy award winners from this show and you've yeah. met a number of them already yeah yeah, I, and, and, that's really, and that's another really great part about this specific show is because they um, they retain the main cast pretty much yeah. from the get-go. And um, that's pretty rare with a show. You know, shows tend to evolve and to change and to add more characters. And I really appreciate the fact that they, they pretty much retain the same core cast throughout uh, this series, which is wonderful. Um, we also get our introduction to Leslie Higgins. Um, and really in this episode, you just get an introduction into, you know, he's obviously spineless. He's obviously, um, somebody that Rebecca has it out for because of how he acted when Rupert did own the team or the club or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, anybody that's seen the whole show, they see Leslie and they're like, yay, Leslie. But in this regard, if you're a first time watcher, you know, he's just like this guy that he's an errand boy and he looks like he's just going to do Rebecca's bidding. Yeah. He, he seems like somebody who is a min, who's a minion. He's easily influenced. Um, and he's easily controllable. Right. Because that's what Rebecca is doing. I mean, right. She calls him out like, Oh, you know, like it wasn't, you know, that difficult when you were helping Rupert, you know, sneak these women in and behind my back, behind my back. So, I mean, she absolutely calls him out for something. And, that, and he knows that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I deserve it. Yeah. Kick me again. Exactly. Arf, arf. Yeah. You arf, know. arf. Oh, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, arf, arf. we haven't gotten arf, there yet. No, um, it's okay. Yeah. Like, why don't you take us into the uh, introduction of Ted? So, well, I was going to say, like, uh, one of the things I like, too, that I really appreciated are the first two people we meet in this series. Ted's not one of them. It's Rebecca and Higgins. Yes, it is. You're Rebecca right. and Higgins are the first two people we meet. And I love how the series opens with God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. Yes. Like, it's just a, such a great introduction to a We still British... had a queen. Yeah. Well, God Save I say we like I'm British. Forever, God Save the Queen. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Our first actual introduction to Ted isn't even through meeting Ted. It's through ESPN Sports Center. Is you know we get the report that Ted that Theodore Ted Lasso is being. They never call him Theodore. I think that's the but only time they ever do it. Quotes like I still don't understand why they did that. It's I'm like, you know, Ted is a pretty common nickname for theodore like what it, but like, it is a nickname is so Brian that's why they put it Ted in quotes lasso you know what i mean yeah <laughs> but nobody did that for i don't know other people that have had nicknames well because if you don't put ted in quotes then it seems like ted is a middle name like his name is theodore ted lasso why are we it, not just calling him ted lasso because it's a professional athlete it's a professional i don't know i don't know okay but again like the first introduction we get to ted is through Sports Center, where they're mentioning like he is he has taken his championship Wichita State team and now he's taking this job coaching, going over and take teaching a different kind of football. And the funny thing about it is too that clip that they show of Ted dancing 
I believe is actually from one of the NBC Sports commercials. They actually ripped that right from that. That's awesome. Um, to show that. Uh, so that is a, a little bit of an Easter egg to those commercials when you go and watch them. I think that's one of the clips. Um, and then we meet Ted, and the first time we actually meet Ted is on an airplane. And it is heading to um, heading to the UK, heading to uh, to that area. And we get another introduction to another character who is a secondary character, but he, I'm not talking about the one you're oh. cheering for yet. Um, we're talking about the Aussie kid. Um, oh, yeah. This is not the last time you will see this kid. I you love will, that guy. <laughs> he, I call, Can I get an Aussie? Oh, in my team, we call these selfies. Yeah, but it's not, a, it's not just me. It's us. So I call it an Aussie. Um, this is not the last time you will see this kid. You will see this kid multiple times throughout the run of the series. Uh, always in an airport, too, I think, which is very <laughs> odd. He's, this kid must travel a lot. Um, but shortly after our introduction to Ted, we get the introduction to Ted's better professional half um, or other professional half, and that is Coach Beard, another one of my absolute favorite characters from this series. And he's wonderful from the get-go. He is. However, I will say the one thing about Beard is if you want to learn more about Beard, you might have to wait a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, he's a total mystery. From he, he is a total mystery probably until the third season when you learn a lot about Oh, I'd character. say even sooner than that. But um, he was in the football video in the background cheering. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I did. Yeah. He was in that. He was in the little football uh, dancing video. Of, he was in the very back and he's cheering as well because you can't have Ted without beard. You just can't. True. Brendan Hunt is a phenomenal character actor who really stayed under the radar because he is a writer. I think he's primarily a writer more than a character until this. Uh, he is in an episode of Parks and Recreation. Um. He, oh, he's very early on in Parks and Rec. There is an episode where they are talking. I think it's season one. Um, they are they were talking about filling in the pit, and it's it's um, Amy Poehler's character and uh, oh god, why am I blanking on the names of these characters? Tom Haverford. No, it's not Tom. It's um, Rashida Jones's character. Um, oh, Ann Perkins. Ann Perkins. They are on a. They are in a community meeting and there is a character that stands up and says to Ann Perkins, my friend would like to, my friend thinks you're really attractive and would like to know if he could get your number. That is Brendan Hunt. Okay. Yeah. I love it. It is. It is very early on. It's season one of, uh, of, uh, Parks and Recreation, but, um, phenomenal writer, phenomenal com comedy writer, uh, has, and is also another Emmy winner for this series. Good. And one of the other things, I, you know, focusing on the Emmys too, one of the other things I want to say that I, it makes me so much adore, not just the show, but this cast, is that when they win the Emmy, that's it. They're like, okay, I've had my turn. Let's focus on this actor now. Um, you know, because like uh, Sudeikis has won the Emmy. Hannah Waddington has won the Emmy. Uh, Brett Goldstein has won the Emmy. Uh, Brendan Hunt has won the Emmy. Jeremy Swift has won the Emmy. And now with the upcoming Emmys, they're like, okay, time to give Phil. Time, let's give Phil a turn. 
Yeah. And Phil got nominated for the Emmy. That's for, awesome. For the third and final season. So, like, it's, you know, I, I just adore this cast so much. It's a great cast. And really, I think that we can spend this entire uh, episode just kind of breaking down the new characters that we see, you know. Um, Ted, of course, is our um, is our most quotable character, I believe. I think in... I think in this episode, yes. I think until we really start expanding on the team, um, Ted is the most quotable character. I think that he remains the most quotable character as far as quotes that you could take with you to make you feel better. Um, he, yeah, I, I can you know, see that. One of my favorite lines that he says on the plane to Beard is, taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse. If you're comfortable <laughs> while doing it, you're, you're probably doing, doing it, right. it wrong. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> doing it wrong. And I think one of the things, too, that I, again, this is kind of looking to the future of the show, but it's not spoilery at all. It just denotes a great series, is that the show is called Ted Lasso. And Ted is very clearly the predominant main character. In the beginning, that kind of changes as the show progresses, it becomes less and less about Ted and more an ensemble cast. Right. Like everybody gets to share the spotlight. Everybody gets right. to share the focus. Um, there are episodes later on that Ted is not even in. It's more about the team and side characters. Well, and I think that that's really, um, I think that that's really highlighted in this episode that, that Ted is not going, Ted does not want to be the lead. You know, he, he is a leader, but he knows that to be a good leader is to understand the strengths of your team. And you really see that here. Like he sees Nate who, who we also get introduced to very soon, but he sees Nate immediately. He sees him, you know, he, he has beard who he, uses heavily he relies on heavily for his football information that he doesn't know you know he um he has the utmost respect for rebecca from the get-go he recognizes keely as more than just a hot body in the very beginning i love um, that scene too by the way yeah we'll talk about and it even and <laughs> even with roy kent you know he knows exactly what he needs to do with Roy Kent. And I mean, it, that's one of the best lines of the whole, of the whole pilot <laughs> is him saying, he thinks he's mad now. Wait till you win him over. Wait till we win him over. And then Beard <laughs> says, he'll be furious. <laughs> and, and there is so much truth to that. It is. And, but, but what I'm saying, I guess my point is, is that Ted knows that to be a good leader is that you have to lead, right? And in order to lead, you have to let your team shine. And that is quintessential Ted Lasso right there. And you see it from the beginning. It's kind of Ted's philosophy is that uh, unlike most people where they'll say like, in order to get respect, you have to earn respect. Ted gives you the respect from the start and you have it it until you lose it. Yes. Yes. It's a very different life philosophy than a lot of other people tend to live by. And it's a good one to live by. Yeah. Like I will, I will respect, I, I've just met you and you have my respect until you lose it. And there are even times throughout this series where people could have very easily lost it. And Ted is very forgiving. Yeah. Incredibly forgiving. He, well, and yeah. And, and, and you learn that about Ted, um, you know, Ted has a lot going on and we learn that in the second half of the pilot, you know, um, that press conference in the very beginning and, 
he handles it, I think, really well on no sleep, being ambushed. Here you go. Um, here's some fizzy water instead of <laughs> regular water. Um, you know, he he handles it very well, but then you see that and 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 this is something that comes up a lot in the first season is you see kind of the noise starting to get to him and you see those cracks starting to reveal themselves during that um during that first press conference that if you have anxiety which i do and i know you do you notice exactly what's happening oh, immediately you the, see the second mm-hmm. from even before it happens you <clears throat> you kind of see it coming because yeah. you've put yourself in Ted's shoes in that moment. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, you feel oh, naked. I, I don't know how I would, I, like, I would probably have a panic attack in that moment. And then. He starts to have a panic he attack. He starts to have a panic attack. Exactly. And Rebecca saves him. Yep. And I think that that kind of shows that she's more than a revengeful ex-wife in that moment. Because she didn't have to do that. No, I mean, it's it's weird because. You're right. He kind of gets ambushed with this press conference, which but play, she sets up, which plays into her plan of destroying mm-hmm. the club. Right. But she doesn't let Ted flounder. Which is remarkable because yeah. that was the perfect time to do something like that. If that because we learn at the, at the end of the episode, that's her plan. Yeah, exactly. But she doesn't she doesn't let that plan start to take place during the perfect time that it could have. Well, but I think part of that is too, is big. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that she's also in the room. So that looks badly on her. She doesn't want it to look bad. I I don't know if she wants it to look badly on her. I think she just wants it. She wants Ted to be the reason this club fails. She doesn't want to be involved as part of the failure, even though it's her master plan. I think that she was actually rocked a little bit by his concern for her. Oh, I absolutely think that as well, too. And that might have been like, I'm going to do you a solid since you did me a solid a few minutes ago. I don't know. It would just, I, I, I think that it's, it's a very nice piece of foreshadowing um, during that moment that Rebecca's not who she's claiming she is yeah. in this moment. Um, she's trying to be somebody that, I don't think that she even realizes right now that she's not. And you can see that in the without any spoilers or anything, you can see that from the very start that Rebecca's not who we think she is. And I don't think and I think it's even part of that too that I don't think I think Rebecca doesn't realize she who she thinks who she is who she thinks she is. Right. Right. And I think that that's because she's been playing a part for a really long time. She's been playing the part of wife to this man, Rupert, who, you know, by in one photograph, we see that he is clearly not a family man. Yeah. He is not <laughs> and, a one woman man. Right. Yeah. I mean, without even seeing him in the flesh in this episode, we know exactly who the villain is of this story. Yeah. Already. And it's not Rebecca. Which is very well written. Yeah. But again, know? it goes back to my earlier point too, in that Rebecca, the Rebecca that we meet in this episode is first off again, not really a spoiler, not the real Rebecca. Uh, we will learn that relatively soon. Actually, it doesn't take us mm-hmm. long to realize that. So it's not really that big of a spoiler. Um, I'm not spoiling who the real Rebecca is, but 
we also learn that the Rebecca that we get in this episode is probably the Rebecca she is because of Rupert. Uh, this go- my earlier point is that she is influenced by Rupert, and it is somebody she was pretending to be. Well, anybody that's been in an oppressive or abusive relationship, which I think that we can tell just by the fact that she was cheated on over and over again. She lost everything in this marriage, except she just wanted this one thing because she's trying to get back at this man that has destroyed her life. Um, you know, uh oh, my cold, my cold has taken away my point. Uh oh. <laughs> Oh no! It was such a good point. Oh, How no. did I start off this sentence? I don't. Um, we were talking about Rebecca and like not being the real Rebecca, and you you shifted into like Rupert. Oh, I think that she's been playing a part for so long that she doesn't even know who she is anymore. Yeah. She has completely lost all sense of who she is. So now that she's this woman scorned, and the papers have really, you can tell that the papers have have painted her this way, that she's going to play this role now. But I, I, you get the feeling that, um, and, and, and I'm going back to the first time I watched this show because the first time I saw it is still pretty fresh in my head, right? Um, you know immediately that this is not the same character we're going to see later in the season. And I just feel really good about the fact that you know that from the get-go on rewatches, you know? And yeah. you can see that through through this it it's so brilliantly written this this pilot episode it's so brilliantly wonderfully crafted i just it it makes it, it like you said it makes you want to watch the next one immediately yeah and and one of the other things i love about this and this is kind of leading into my next the next point is that when it comes to these characters there are characters that you're going to hate and then learn to love there are characters that you're going to love and then learn to hate and then there are characters that you're going to love and then hate and then love again and that brings me to the next character that we meet in this episode and that's nate <laughs> Okay, so Nate, <laughs> Nate's entrance is wonderful into Nathan. this show because he's running, screaming <laughs> at who he thinks are rogue fans that have entered the pitch. And he's like, no, get off the grass. And he's like, who are you? And Ted's like, oh, I'm Ted Lasso, blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, take all the grass yeah, you take want. Off. I'm sorry. I have grass clippings. They just cut grass? it. They just cut it. There are glass clippings <laughs> in the garbage. I can get you grass Like, he is so eager to please. But then, but then after after all the niceties, after all the niceties, he goes, "Okay, yeah, let's get off. Let's the grass. get off the grass. <laughs> no, but seriously, get off the grass." <laughs> he is such a like. Again, like there are so many characters that I, I mentioned. None of them are surface characters, and Nate is it, he is such a great character in that. Like he is, you're right. He is he he is somebody who's hasn't been seen. Up until this point, he's literally just like the cowboy for the team. We see the way the team, like we we get this impression that nobody pays attention to Nate. He's an unseen character because he's shocked in the fact that not only does Ted see him, but when they meet later, Ted remembered his name. And then we kind of, and we're kind of like. First of all, he was floored at the fact that he even asked his name to begin with. Yeah. And then he goes, nobody ever asks my name. And they're all just sitting there awkwardly, like silent. <laughs> and Ted's like, whenever you're ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot about the whenever you're ready. Um, but, you know, we get this impression that like, yeah, like 
Nate is towards the bottom of the rung. <clears throat> he he doesn't get seen very often. Nobody ever asks him his name. He's genuinely surprised that not only is Ted asked him his name, but he remembers it later on when they see him again, when he gets the praise for the sports drink that he put together. And as viewers for the first time, we're kind of like, oh, like, yeah, like, okay, like, but why is he like this? And then we kind of get it. As the team comes into the locker room, we see that the way the team treats Nate. Mm-hmm. They kind of put him in headlocks. They push him around a little bit. They're tossing towels in his face. They don't see Nate as a person. Um, he is literally just the towel boy of the team. And then we kind of, now as viewers, we're like, oh, now we understand. Now I understand why Nate is the way he is. But his care for the game is there from the very beginning. He cares about the pitch. He cares about what they're drinking. He cares about how the locker room looks. Nate obviously cares a great deal about this club Mm -hmm. to the point that he can't even speak to Rebecca. I I love that he runs away and then he comes back again. I love it. It it almost makes me feel like he has never had an opportunity to even meet Rebecca. Oh no, he's never been in that room before. Yeah, he's never been in that office. And no. I love that you're right. Like he comes up, he knocks on it. Rebecca turns around, doesn't say a word, turns around and runs out. Runs and, away. And then he <laughs> pops back in for a second and realizes, nope. And then <laughs> runs right back out of the office again. And what I love about that scene is it's framed so brilliantly because as Nate is running away, Ted and Beard just peek in from the sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that gives us the 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 opportunity to see Nate run back in and then immediately run back out. Like right. I'm not supposed to be here. He's he's great in this cuz you he's just he's absolutely perfect in his role. He really he nails the comedic timing. He nails the way that he delivers his lines. Um yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of of Nate in the opening episode. I also love, uh, just because we're at that scene, when Ted and Rebecca meet for the very first time, you get one of the best Ted Lasso lines of the entire series. And that is, that's a joke. I love it. If it's not, I can't wait to unpack that with you. (laughs) I have that in my, that's one of my quotables too. When she's like, call me Rebecca, Miss Welton's my father. Right. If that's a joke, I love it. If not, I can't wait to unpack that with you. Honest to God, it's one of the best lines he says, and it's the first episode. Yeah. Iconic. I can't wait to unpack that with you. <laughs> it's just, it, it says so much about Ted's character in that quote, in that it's that line too. But it also speaks a lot about Rebecca because she's cracking a joke. Like she is right. making a joke with Ted. This is a man she has brought in to destroy this club, but she's joking with him. Not to mention she's planning to destroy him in the, in the process. In the process, yeah. She's letting him be, she's willing to let him be the fall guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and she's joking around with him, which that can either mean she's a really nice person or she's a freaking sociopath. <laughs> yeah. There's no in between on that one. Yeah. It's it's just, I, it's just, God, there's so much about this first episode that I love so um, much. I love that we get the first flash of the team and um, the way that we get our first flash of the team is them during training. Um, so, you know, as they are. No, about- it's not. The first track. Yeah, the they fir- were. No, they they were they're, they're in the locker room watching the press conference. 
I thought that we were watching them playing and then we were watching them. No, he meets in the, press the conference. he meets the team after the press conference. Oh, you're right. You're right. I yeah. just looked at my notes. I apologize. Um, but so you do have you have you see Sam, Roy, and Jamie. Because to me, those are the three characters that we really spend a lot of time with in these first in this first season. In the first season, yes. In this first season, these are the three that we're really going to spend uh, uh, more time with than we do later. So uh, you see Sam, who um, <clears throat> Sam looks very excited as usual. He's like, "Oh, this is going to be very exciting!" Like I just <laughs> I, I love him so much. And I see Sam's face. I I need to get like maybe he needs to be my wallpaper for a while because just like seeing his face smiling makes me feel better. Like just as a person makes me feel better. Roy looks curious, but also um, hostile. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and Jamie looks completely uninterested. He could care less. In parentheses, in parentheses, I have, it's going to be a rough first season with him. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I mean, again, like we talk about these characters that we're going to, you're going to hate and then eventually love or love and then hate. Like, there's so many different relationships, like characters that you are meeting now. F- some of them you are just going to grow a deeper love for. Some of them, your opinions are going to completely change. I'm not going to reveal yeah. who is in that well, so, those categories, right? But you're right. Season one is a rough season for Jamie. Yeah, which is good because it it needs to be that way. But uh, yeah, so you have Jamie Tart, you have Roy Kent, and you have Sam Obasanya. Sam Obasanya, right? yep. Yes, I got it. I'm so excited. So those are the three uh, that we're really going to spend time with. Um, there are little hints to – there's the French guy whose name I can't remember. There's um, uh, Colin, as we talked about before. And then there's um, the mean one who's not really mean. McAdoo. McAdoo. Thank you. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get it. McAdoo. Um, So, and those, those I think are like the next three that we get to know. Um, But for now, we're going to stay on Sam, Roy, and Jamie, because I think that they're, they're the most important ones anyways. Um, For this first season, yes, they are the key, key players of, of the team. And I think that we get a really good introduction to them. It's, it's very small, but you see that, um, you see that Jamie is very selfish, um, and he's kind of on his own journey. You see Roy is, um, the captain of the team, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah. And then you accurate. see Sam, who just kind of seems like the golden retriever of the group. You know, he's just happy to be there and he loves all of his people. <laughs> the golden retriever. of the- That's so accurate. It is ridiculous. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That is so accurate. It is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, there's a couple other characters. So you're right. We do get to meet those three characters. And right from the get-go, as you mentioned, we get an idea as to their personalities. Um, mm-hmm. Their personalities, I'll just leave it at that. We get a good idea of their personalities. So, and I like it that Ted has Jamie pegged from the very first time he sees him on the field. Well, because he tries that Pele kick and fails. Well, right. But um, he asks Nate about Jamie and yeah. he goes, he's a very good football player. Yeah. And and Ted goes, all right. 
I gotcha. <laughs> like he knows exactly what that means. He reads right between the lines. And that right there tells you Ted is something different of a leader. Well, because he, uh, well, and not only that, but he knows the sport. It doesn't, or not, he doesn't know the sport. No, he doesn't. He knows, <laughs> he knows sports. He knows like, teams. Yeah. That, okay. That's a better way to put it. He knows teams. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter the sport. Every sport has these players. Right. Jamie just fits the profile. Right. And Roy fits another profile. Sam fits another profile. Even, you know, Ted and Beard fit their own profiles. Um, you know, what's great is that this show explores what happens if we take those profiles away. What happens yeah. if we just play the game and treat each other like people. Yeah. And you don't see that. You don't see that in this episode at all. In this episode, you just see here are our characters. Here's the story and let's go. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it it is, it's, it's a great introduction. And in so many ways it's written so brilliantly in that the introductions, it's a good show that shows that you don't need to spend half an episode on one character to reveal an introduction, to give us an introduction to that character. This show was able to give us introductions to characters so much so well that we knew who the characters were or we had a decent idea who the characters were in a matter of seconds. Right. Absolutely. You know, and it's Absolutely. Now, do these characters remain the same? I don't think there's one character in this entire show that is the same character now as they were by the end. That includes uh, maybe McAdoo. <laughs> No, I don't even think. I think, <laughs> yeah. It's like, please. Um, I, I only I, say that because he's. The, I, I'm probably he's probably the most similar out of all of the arcs. Like no, like you said, nobody, nobody really ha- doesn't have an arc, which is great as an actor. How cool was that? That you could be a supporting role and you know that you are going to have your own individual character arc. Well, and that's one of the things I think fits this show so well. Is you're right. Jason Sudeikis, uh, Brett Goldstein, and I forget who the third writer was. Uh, not Brett Goldstein, uh, Brendan Hunt. Um, they created the show and wrote it. Brendan Hunt has been adamant about it. Like, he's the one that has said more than anybody, we had a story to tell. From right. the very beginning until the very end, we knew the story we wanted to tell. We knew it was going to take three seasons. That's what we put out there. So these characters that we're meeting, even these secondary characters that seem nothing more than background, like McAdoo and Colin. Um, Keely. And Keely. Well, Keely's pretty predominant in the in the pilot, but she becomes so much bigger. But again, like just talking about like McAdoo and Colin in, in particular, who are just two characters who have maybe one. McAdoo doesn't even have a line in this episode. They are characters that are part of this story. They mm-hmm. are not background characters. They yeah, are well, in the, the pilot. The football club is its own character. The, the football club is a character. The town is a character. Yeah. And the stadium is a character. Yeah. I would, are, I would completely agree with that. The pub is a, the locations are characters. Yeah. In this. Yeah. You know, this whole episode, while it's all exposition, it's, Beautifully done. Yeah. Beautifully done. Um, After that first press conference, Rebecca's line of you have a job to do and proving them wrong will just be added to the list. I think that that is, I think that that is a line that really tells you the theme of this show. Um, Proving them wrong. You like, 
for most people, this is just a job. You have a job to do, right? But it's the journey of proving them wrong, the journey of proving that you can be who you are and still be successful. I think that that's a really good theme for this show. And I'm really excited um, just to watch it again and, and <laughs> just get good feels and, and know that, you know, hard work and being kind and being true to your the goodness of yourself is still a good way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Keely, which we're going to get to in a second, Keely. but there's another character that we meet. Um, we don't get a lot of them this this particular episode, but they are a character that will run all three seasons. Is it who I think? Is it and who I think? We meet him before we meet Keely, and that is Trent Krim, the independent. The independent. <laughs> Trent is one of these characters who you will absolutely grow to love. That's a bit of a spoiler, but I don't mind saying it. Don't care. He's great. <laughs> Trent Krim is one of these episodes that you will absolutely grow to love. The actor, James Lance, who plays him, he becomes so much a bigger part of this story. Um, and that's it. That's it. Don't say anything. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, one of my other favorite things about this character, though, is that they did. Uh, this is kind of going in the background of the series and, and the popularity of the show is that the entire cast of the show was invited to the White House to speak um, um about like depression and anxiety and, and things like that. And so everybody was there, Jason Sudeikis, Hannah Waddington, they were all there and they did this big press conference in front of everybody. And at the end of it, Jason Sudeikis says, he's like, you know, I realize this is a press conference and usually during press conferences, you're supposed to take questions, but we don't really have a lot of time. So what we'll do is we'll take one question. And James Lance is the one that stands up and he says, Trent Krim, the independent. And he's the one that asked the question love it. during the press conference. So I they were even so able much. to bring him into the press conference at the White House, which is just. And I love it that, that the first thing that uh, Ted says to him is, I like your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Trent Krim just looks at his glasses like, well, yeah, they are. Thank you. You know, like, like nobody ever pays attention to little things like that, you know, and, and that's just so Ted Lasso. And um, yeah, Trent Krim, the independent man. Well, I just, I love it that we get him from the very beginning. It's great. And he's, an, and he's kind of a dick. Like he's like, he stands up, he introduces himself, Trent Krim, the independent. He's yeah. like, he's like, and he's, he says something and Ted's like, Oh, well, do you have, is there a question in there? He's like, yeah. Is this a fucking joke? Yeah. I think he, and as viewers of the first time you're watching this, you're like, that guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I remember from the very beginning loving him because I love, you know, kind of the rebel journalist. It goes, it goes right with, uh, the West wing for me, you know, with, um, Danny, what's his name? Um, any West Wing fans out there know exactly who I'm talking about. But, um, you know, there's always that one reporter who is just, he's, he's just experienced enough that he can just be like, can we just cut all the bullshit real quick and have a real conversation? Cause this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's, that's, that's so Trent. And I love it that even somebody as small as Trent Krim's character, he still stays true to that character, you know? Yeah, he he does. He stays true to that character, but you learn 
more about oh no 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 that. i mean he still evolves but yeah. the 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 foundations of these characters all stay the same of who they are it's just that everybody seems to be and um you know i was going to talk about this at the spoilery end of our discussion but um you can you can tell that there are these are all in in different varying degrees of broken characters and it's fun because as a rewatcher, I know that I'm about to watch them all repair each other. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Watching them repair you. each other. Yeah. So um, anyways, we do get Keely. So we've we've gone through the press conference and now um Ted wants to go and and take a look at the team. Um, he does his, he watches training, not, not practice training. <laughs> and another one of my favorite lines, how many countries are in this country for <laughs> kind of like America these days, <laughs> which is, which is very true and goes right along kind of with what I mentioned at the top of the podcast about why he wanted to portray the character the way he did. He right. just wasn't happy with the direction of things happening. Right. Right. And, um, and it, and it's very lightly sprinkled in in a comedic and light way, not in a dark and horrible way. Yeah, you know, oh, four, okay, kind of like America these days. Yeah. Um, and then we get, and then so at the at the end of practice, you know, they they get through practice at the training. end of practice, they come back training. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> the gaffer comes back off of the pitch <laughs> after training into the locker room, um, and we get our introduction to Keely. Yeah. A fantastic character uh, who Juno Temple is just she is such a delight in this role. And I and mm -hmm. I love that we get a very early budding of the relationship between Ted and Keeley. Like we kind of already see very similar to how Ted has Roy's number and Jamie's number. Like he kind of knows the people that they are. Keely gets that from Ted in this mm -hmm. episode because when she she comes the first introduction is her like hiding her eyes joking with the team because she's with Jamie and she's taking Jamie to go for a waxing appointment um but the next time we see her come in we see a such a wholesome moment from Ted where he kind of sees the topless photo of Keely in Jamie's locker and he just goes over and he just puts a strip of black tape across her chest because he he's very modest. He doesn't want to like that. It shouldn't be in this locker room or whatever. He doesn't want to see it, but we see Keely witness this. Like mm -hmm. he, he, or she witnessed, she doesn't witness that she sees him in Jamie's locker room. She plays the prank on him, like trying to imitate Jamie, which kind of throws, you know, kind of throws him. It was awesome. But when she does glance over to the locker, she sees the piece of tape and she realizes why Ted was there. And she smiles. And she smiles. She knows Ted in that moment. Mm -hmm. Very similar to how Ted knows Jamie and Ted knows Roy. She, from the very beginning, knows Ted. Well, and I mean, we learn we learn this along the way. Keely, Keely's very good at reading people. Very good yes. at reading people. She it is, is one like of her superpowers. She did, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it is a power for Keely. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So it's fun. And, and honestly, with, if you don't know anything about the show, it looks like they have chemistry in that first season, in that first episode, that first meeting. I felt that there was chemistry between the two of them and they probably could have gone down that road if they had wanted to, but I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad that they didn't either. Cause the paths yeah. that they, they go on are just, I think are so much better right. of a decision. I didn't, I don't know if I ever noticed a chemistry and not it just the, there. Not it was in just the, a nice back and forth between them. Not in the pilot. Mm. There are later moments in season one where I picked up where there could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, not diving into spoiler territory. I didn't. I don't know if I got the sense during the pilot. Okay, but, but knowing I, I the, did. But knowing the moments I see later, I could see how some people could have detected it. The pilot. Yeah. So I love the uh, the nod to Axe body spray. <laughs> Links, Links, my favorite of the jungle cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so many quotable lines in this. Yeah, totally. Um, um, and then that just brings us to the end of the episode, really. Uh, let me see. Let me taking a look at my notes. Yeah, I have Ted and Keeley. Um, the only other thing I have, I mean, we I mentioned Baz, Jeremy, and Paul, which are the three guys in the pub. Three characters you meet very quickly, but you get a good sense of their dedication to the team. Yeah, Which, they remind me of the major league guys. They are. They're, yeah, yeah. They're like they're like the th- the, the guys yeah. in the audience. The three major, guys from major league from major league two. Yeah. Um, let's see. That's a quote. That's a quote. 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 Uh, quote. Before we get to the end, Rebecca's true intentions. We kind of talked about. And then Nate. we have Ted, and we learn about Ted's personal life Hold at on. the very end. Before we get there, there is one other thing that is very important to the run of this series that we get the introduction to. Is it Nate's car? No. I'm just kidding. Is It is the believe sign. Oh, the believe sign. Believe is the one word that is carried throughout the run of this series. That sign, there is a reason why when you see Ted Lasso merchandise, believe is the one thing that is on everything Mm -hmm. because it is a very predominant word that runs through the heart of the show. Um, and I, this is our first introduction to it and it becomes in the, in the pilot, it is just a sign that Ted is hanging much like everything else that Ted and beard are hanging in their office. And it becomes so much more to the series than just a sign on the wall. And I love, I love the fact that when Ted hung it, it was crooked in one direction. And then when Keely helped him, it was crooked in the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and then they both see it and they say, okay, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. It's great. Well, one of the other things too, I love about that is I, if you, if you notice when Keeley gives him the direction to hang it in this direction, the the other direction, Ted never looks. He reaches up, he hides the sign, he hangs the sign where she says, and then he turns and he talks to Keeley. He never checks it because he trusts Keeley. He already trusts her. Mm-hmm. So even when well, he, he turns, has no reason not to exactly. So when he turns around and he walks into the office after Keeley 
leaves, he never even looks up to check to see if it's hung properly. Yeah. He already has that trust in Keely. Or he just wants her to know that her, what her opinion matters. That's that's that could be another part of it too. You know, that what she has to say is not just as Jamie Tart's girlfriend, it's as Keely. Yeah. You know. Um, um and that's that's a really important thing for Keely. Yeah. Um I so. I want I want to ask before we get to the end too cuz this yeah. is something I have in my notes. Um did you get a warm feeling and smile the first time Ted walked into the locker room? Yes. Yeah. I got excited when they moved their desks together. <laughs> yes. Like I just look, you heard me at the top of the show. I'm like and I'm great. <laughs> like I'm just very, very, and, and listen, like just on a personal note, my life is crazy right now. It is absolute insanity right now. And there is, I, I'm a middle school teacher. There's a lot that's going on in the schools right now that is just not fun. It's not positive. It's really hard. And starting this show and having Ted Lasso back in my life regularly for the next six months is just I can tell going to be so good for my personal mental health. Um, you know, that I'm just I'm really grateful that we decided to do this show because I I'm feeling I'm feeling more positive already. You, you know what, too, on a similar note, um we 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 both talked about anxiety and how we kind of suffer from it. Um mm -hmm. I am at a point in my life right now coming off the summer, um with with struggles where my anxiety is at record high levels again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this show podcasting and is already an escape for me. It is already something that helps me with my anxiety. Right. Being behind a microphone, podcasting, moderating, doesn't matter. It is something that assists in my dealing with anxiety. It's an escape. Um but now podcasting about this series is going to be a huge help. Yes. And I and I want to say to anybody listening, I hope this does the same. Yeah. Not not listening to us, but watching this series with us. Yeah. I hope I helps. hope that I, well I also hope that listening to us, I hope that it it gives you some positivity, you know. Um we came off of a pretty heavy show. Lost is a pretty heavy show. Um if you digest it the way that we did. Um, and lasso is just this nice little breath of fresh air. We're going into the winter season. We're going in the seasonal, um, seasonal of what is it? Seasonal depression. depression. Yeah. No, but it's seasonal affect. Sad. It's seasonal <laughs> something depression, whatever. It doesn't matter, but we're getting to this time of year where people get sad and Ted Lasso is the perfect pick me up. You know, I just realized too, we, it might work out timing wise. There is a five or six minute long Ted Lasso short that deals with Christmas. Not so, the Christmas episode. <laughs> no, 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 not the Christmas episode. The Christmas episode is not until season two and it is fucking fantastic. It is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. Um, that one in Amsterdam. Oh, that's a good episode too. Again, we'll we'll discuss these. Um, but and I want to apologize too. This is a 
for a half hour long show, this is a relatively longer podcast, but we're also getting a lot out. Like we, we wanted to reiterate the, the new format and, and everything. We have a lot of feedback. So not every cool. episode will be this long. No. And we're also introducing characters. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's all exposition and anybody that, you know, knows exposition for people that don't know. Uh, here, I'm going to use your Wait teachable moment from the English teacher. <laughs> exposition is the setup of your story. That's where we learn the who, the what, the when, the where. We learn all of that. And so this, to me, is one of the perfect examples of ex- 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 exposition. exposition. I know. I said exhibition, I think. The other day, it was bad. I said it in front of my class. Um, but the the ex, exposition of this show in the pilot, I think, is some of the best writing I've ever seen. So, um, you know, I, I definitely probably took it too far with explaining all the introductions of these characters, but uh, they're just wonderful. Yeah, they're wonderful. They're characters that we've we've grown to really, really love. So, um, yes. But yeah, let's get to the end of this episode because th- the end of this episode I feel is very important because we we get to meet all these different characters, Ted included. But this is the first moment that we get to realize that as happy as Ted seems, as as positive as he seems, and as motivational as he can be, Ted is also someone who is dealing with personal problems. Big time. Big personal problems. And that is the fact that he ha- he has a family. We we get the hint to that early because we see the picture on his phone of his wife and his son. Um, so they kind of set up the fact that Ted is a family man very early on. But now we realize that family life is not all sunshine for Ted. He is separated from his wife, which Michelle. His wife Michelle. Um he is talking to his son who lives on the other side of the ocean who he doesn't get to see now because of the separation. They are taking time. He is giving her space as she requested, but she says on the other line to also for space for himself. This is really the first instinct that there is so much deeper to Ted. Well, and you see him for the very first time, he seems very unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. Like when he's waiting for Michelle to come to the phone after talking to his son, you see him take a deep breath. You see him steal himself. You see him get ready for that conversation. And we only get that uh, that his side of the conversation. But during that conversation, he is very um, submissive almost. You know, he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Nope. I look, you don't have to say you love me back. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, like there's just a lot of, you don't even need to hear Michelle's side to understand that things are not good at yeah. home. And not only that, but like, this is literally, we see it literally that this is something that keeps Ted up at night because yeah. the very next moment is him lying in bed. And the last line of the episode is great. Now I can't sleep. Yep. And then it cuts to Bismarcky. The, and, and the song is uh, Human Beatbox, yeah. which is great. I love yes. it. Which goes to, we'll talk when we get into the quotes and, and such well, that. But, um, but yeah, like this is the really, you're right. Like this entire pilot is so 
really exceptionally written in that we get these quick introductions to characters that are great indications as to how these characters are going to be. We know from watching, there's so much more to these characters that we haven't seen yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's under the surface of these characters. Um, And then Ted included is that Ted is not one note either. He is probably the furthest thing from one note that we have seen. And this is our first realization of that. Him and Rebecca, him and Rebecca, for sure. Those are the two highly, highly, highly complex, uh, multi-layered characters and i just uh you know this episode was over and i just couldn't wait i just was so excited that we chose ted lasso yeah. i'm just very 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 excited i so. i was too i rewatched the the pilot actually about two weeks ago we weren't even finished lost yet and i was like you know what i'm just gonna go back and watch the pilot because we're gonna be talking about it soon and man like my heart was so warm i was laughing so much watching it and then, like, I in the back of my mind, I'm like, God, like, okay, I'm going to be rewatching this again in like less than a week or two. I hope I'm laughing as much, not just because I'm re- I'm I'm revisiting it, and then like, is it not going to be as funny again when I watch it in a week or two? And then I rewatched it again last night before we started recording, and I was laughing just as much, right, as I was yeah. two weeks ago, and probably more so than I was the first time I watched it. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so because well we have an appreciation for these characters too, yeah. you know? So yeah, I'm really excited about what's, what's to come, but um, do you want to do quotes or do you want to get into the spoilery things? Cause there's a couple of things that I want to talk about that are spoilery. You know what? Let's do, let's do the spoilery stuff first. So we're going to, we're going to tell you now um, at this point, we're going to, we're going to take a couple minutes to talk about some of the spoilery stuff. Um, Again, check the show notes to know when you can come back from this episode. I don't have much, so I'm going to No, it. I mean, I just, there's one, there's one very specific thing that I want to say. Um, so I'm just going to start right now. Um, Rebecca coins the lasso way she right does. off the bat. She does. And I think that that, I didn't even notice that. Right. Until she's like, you know, now we're going to do the lasso way. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Like, (laughs) um, you know, because that's the name of the book. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like I and I knew this was the case when I watched the series finale, how -hmm. many callbacks they were making. But I didn't realize how many callbacks the series finale makes until I rewatched the pilot. There are so many callbacks to the pilot in the series finale the minute i see the believe sign i'm just i i get all welled up because of that final episode when they all take it out of their lockers or their or their you know what i'm saying that scene let me tell you so when this show aired every time a new episode happened i would usually watch it the next day but the series finale, I was like, I'm not having taken a risk of any spoilers when it when it released. I'm staying up and I'm watching it when it releases. Right. And I stayed up and I watched it and I was holding myself together. Like there were moments <laughs> I felt myself getting welled up. I felt myself getting mm-hmm. choked up. And then in that fi- in that moment where Sam takes out the first piece of the sign. <laughs> and you just immediately know what it is because it's that yellow. You you I was like, okay. Like, nope, nope, this is, this is not going to happen. 
and then Jamie takes out takes his. it out of his book. I he was, took yeah, it out of his book. I was I was done. I was yep. a blubbering mess. And then as a team, they put it all back together and everything there. And then they'd stand back from it. And he's like, that's step four. And I'm like, (laughs) like, so I just, the first sight of that believe sign, I was instantly transported to that final scene with the believe sign instantly. Well, the other, the other thing that kind of led me to that too, is that right after that moment, there's that speech that Ted says, like, I know they say there's no place like home. And that's true. But man, there sure ain't no places like AFC Richmond. Oh, I know. Like that's one of the reasons why I got that warm feeling with that with him getting the first glimpse of the locker room. Walking into that locker room for the first time, I was like, oh, right. like, man, like this place is so special. Right. And it's so, hollowed ground. And so many viewers are gonna get to learn that. Yeah. As we go, how special yeah. this locker room really is. And Actually, they did name the book. I'm sorry, I, I have to fix what I just said. They did name the book. Trent named the book The Lasso Way, but Ted changed it to the Richmond Way mm-hmm. because he said it was never about him. Yeah. So, but but we did hear the Lasso Way. I think that as fans, we all know that it is the Lasso Way, um, and it's not the Richmond Way. But I I love how they ended it, anyways. Um, but that particular uh, scene where. Rebecca is the one that calls it the lasso way, even when she was being a destructive witch. Um, it still rang true at the very end of the series. And that to me is just so wonderful. It just, it, it's like chicken soup for my soul. And it's so, it's so interesting too, because like, you know, we're, we're now that we're into the spoiler territory stuff, like what are the, re, you know, reflecting on what we've already seen as we watch this, one of the th- reasons why some of these moments in the pilot might hit us harder now as people who are rewatching is because we know how some of these things end up. And one specifically, one specific thing is Ted's panic attack. You know, the it's, it's, it's relatively minor as opposed to some of the panic attacks, panic attacks he has later on. Right. in the series. Um but one of the reasons why like I was kind of like so engrossed in that and seeing that panic attack is because one of the first people to realize he's having panic attacks and help him through it is Rebecca. Season 1 Rebecca. Season 1 Rebecca. Right, exactly. But that's where we see Rebecca change is it's in that moment. That episode mm-hmm. the first from the get go I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but her let it go performance is fucking phenomenal. <clears throat> yeah. And then we get to see her coming to Ted's aid. Right. And just seeing that panic attack during the press conference, it brought all of that in like, oh, like this is this is a woman who is against Ted now, but is going to be at his side. Not very far from now. Right. But she's him. also the one that leaked the fact that he was yes uh somebody who has anxiety to try and destroy him and then learns that he can't be destroyed well, by not only one that, action like that well not only that but she's also the one that leaks the pictures of him and right Julie, oh, right which we'll get to later right so um yeah so 
I just, I, that was the one little really spoiler thing I wanted to say was about her coining Lasso away. Um, so did you have anything else? The only other thing I had is kind of diving a little bit more further into the point I made early is that Rebecca is who she is because of Rupert. Like it's, I, I couldn't go into too much detail because I didn't want to ruin anything, but like Rupert being the man that he is, because we have, the only reason I didn't bring it up in in detail is because we haven't met Rupert yet. Right. In the pilot. We've only gotten a sense of who Rupert is. When we finally meet Rupert, we kind of get a better understanding as to why Rebecca is the way she is. She was he's the worst. He's a he's a he's a womanizer. He has cheated on her multiple times. But even even with their marriage over, he mm-hmm. still continues to talk down to Rebecca. He mm-hmm. is he is always above Rebecca. She is never on his level. And it's kind of she has been in a marriage where she has been talked down to. She has by mm-hmm. kind of been controlled. So now like we kind of see this is the true woman scorned of Rebecca. She is this way because Rupert made her this way. Right. And the reason why we eventually get to see the real Rebecca is because Rebecca comes to the realization of that as well. Mm-hmm. She starts to realize this is not the person I am. I was only this way because of Rupert. She was still being controlled by him. Exactly. Right. And so it's not, she's not free until she actually allows, gives herself permission to be free of Rupert. And I don't think it happens really until after that dark game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that dark game, man. I can't wait. That is still one of my favorite scenes in the completion of the series. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's one of, it's one of everybody's favorite TV's uh, TV show scenes, yeah. like just if somebody says, what, what, "What's your top five TV show scenes?" That dark scene will be in there for anybody I, that has seen the show. To anybody who has seen the show, and I get if I get asked, all I have to do is say barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce, and or or wait, aren't you left handed? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, so all right, that was good. Yeah, so welcome back to all of you who skipped the uh, <laughs> the spoiler portion of Very this. Very short. Uh, we hope that you're back because now this is going to become one of, I think, one of our favorite parts of the podcast yes. is calling back some of our favorite quotes from the episode. Um, and I want to kick it off with one. Um, it's not one of the first quotes, but it is, I mentioned earlier how there is one line in this show. That is in the first 10 minutes of the show. And it is the yeah. line that sold me. It is the line that I heard it for some reason just floored me. And I was like, I'm in. I am totally in on this show. And it is one of the first meetings of Roy. And it's actually the first meeting of, of Ted and Rebecca. And Ted's like, would you, Rebecca says, would you, would you like, you know, how do you take your tea? And Ted replies, well, usually I take it back to the counter because somebody made a horrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of my absolute favorite lines, even still to this day of the entire run of the series. Right. It is one of my favorite lines of the entire series. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought it was just all this time I thought it was just gonna taste like brown (laughs) brown water, but and you know what? I was right. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yep. He's like, <laughs> like he wants it off his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's what's one of your quotes from the episode? Well, I've said a lot of them so far, but my, one of my all-time favorite lines in the entire series is, he thinks he's mad now. Wait till we win him yep. over. 
he'll be furious. He'll be furious. Um, <laughs> I just love beard. I like the, beard says. I like the line that comes before that too. When Roy says, I didn't think my career would end being coached by Ronald fucking McDonald. Oh, yeah. And Ted looks at coach. He's like, you going to let him call you that? He's like, uh, I don't think he was talking about me. <laughs> But that also leads me to another one of my favorite quotes between Ted and Beard is when they get off the plane and Ted's talking about like, next thing I know, they're handing me a chocolate chip cookie. And Beard's like, I didn't get a cookie. Did you eat mine? Well, that's not part of the story. (laughs) 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 Which just shows the relationship between Ted and Beard. And I just, I, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. I like. I've said all of mine. Uh, Rebecca's entire speech when she fires George is fantastic. It's fantastic. The whole I, thing. I like how she says to George afterwards. Can you get me a salad, preferably something without raisins? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a couple other ones that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, yeah, go for it. Uh, Keely's reaction to Ted. I never know how to react when a grown man beatboxes in front of me. Let's hope that you never run into beat Bismarcky then. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Oi, if I don't hear silence, I'm going to start punching dicks. Yes. From yes, Roy yes, yes. Is great. Uh, and then the only other one I have <laughs> too is Rebecca asking Ted, Do you believe in ghosts, Ted? Man, I do. But more importantly, I think they need to believe in themselves. I love that. A little heavy-handed and cheesy, but I really it, it's perfect for the context in which it was given. So, yeah, yeah I really enjoy it. And then, honestly, um, Rebecca's again her speech that she says um, to the to the news conference when she sticks up for Ted when she's like, "Anybody want to tell me is it, has has the team been more than mediocre? Tell me I'm lying." Yeah, and they're all just kind of like staring down at their <laughs> at their hands, and that that to me was wonderful. Yeah. The only other thing I have too is that we, <laughs> I don't know, remember the exact line because I didn't write it down, but they were talking about Roy Schneider or Roy Scheider. And Beard's like, uh, Jaws? He's like, no, all that jazz, which is just the first of many show tune and musical references we will get throughout the run of this series. Because he's so wholesome and yeah. wonderful. I just, I, I just want to, I, that's the last of my quotes, and that's actually the really the last of my notes um, that I have. And we we did cover a lot for uh, for a pilot. Um, so I before we go into like feedback and everything, I just want to say I really hope if this is this is more specifically to people who are first time watchers of this series, uh, but it relates to everybody. I really hope you found as much love and joy with this pilot and with this show as you continue watching as, as we continue to hold yeah, for this series. Me too. There's a reason why we chose to cover it. Um, and I do think it is appropriate for the times for, again, like you said, going into like winter seasonal depression, people who might be fight like fighting anxiety. Now this is something, this is a series that's very close to Kristen and I, because of how much it helped us through that. Yes. So, realize that going into this, how special the series is to us for that reason. And I hope it does the same for all of you or did or did if you've already watched it. Mm -hmm. So, um, anything on else on the series before we go into the feedback? No, 
All right. Um, so then with that being said, again, we mentioned at the top, we have so much, we have a, a bunch of feedback for this and I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you kick us off with the first okay. one. Brenda Tackett says, really love the first two seasons, but I've been putting off watching the final season. I'm guessing I'm going to do a rewatch with you guys. Big smiley face. <laughs> and I can't wait for you to get to that third season too mm -hmm. really can't uh mary patricia diargo says i'm so excited to hear this podcast this is one of my favorite shows i watch it whenever i need to pick me up uh the character development and chemistry between the <laughs> actors is spot on i always feel better after watching an episode me too me me three right there with joe me. morrow hello my beautiful best friend, Jill. I, I purposely made it this mm -hmm. order so that yeah, you would get I saw get that. It. <laughs> Hi, Ben and Kristen. I'm so excited you guys are covering this show. I can't wait to dive back in and do a rewatch knowing what we know now. It floored me how much I absolutely loved a character in the first season and then grew to physically hate him by the end of season two. I don't remember if you're doing a spoiler full, so I leave it at that for now. Can't wait to hear your discussions. Bye. <laughs> Love her so much. Uh, Lindsay Schlicht, I took, uh, it took my friend two whole years to get me watch this show since I'm, I'm very much not into sports. I'm so glad he didn't back down because I love it. This is my first rewatch. So it seems pretty new. I think my favorite thing of the show is how unexpectedly, unexpectedly positive it ends up being. It's hard to separate who, uh, who these characters become when choosing a favorite because they seem so terrible now. Hopefully this isn't too spoilery for newbies, but it's a tie between Rebecca and Roy. So mm. excited you guys are covering this one. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, and I want to say too, like, yeah, you don't have to be into sports to watch this. No. To, to enjoy this. It's not at all. Penny Lennox says, controversial, but I didn't love the pilot. I found Ted's dumb American and stubbornly clinging to it routine to be clownish and annoying. I didn't watch it beyond I didn't watch beyond it for a while until the number of people telling me to watch it reached a critical mass. <laughs> well, Penny, I hope that you enjoyed the show eventually. Um, I do love the pilot, so um, I don't think it's controversial. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, I don't think it's controversial at all. Like, I think that she just had a birthday. So if I'm right, happy birthday to Penny. I think she did, actually. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Uh, this next one comes from Greg Schwamm, our buddy Greg. Um, just to avoid talking for 10 minutes on voicemail, half of which would be quotes, I will answer <laughs> your questions for. Um, uh, I will read the question first because it was in the post for it. Oh, uh, thank so you. that he knows. <laughs> uh, question one, what did you think about the first episode? And his answer is, it was the Breaking Bad pilot of comedies engaging immediately cared about the characters and hopeful i uh, disagree <laughs> is this your first watch fuck no hold on i gotta do it i gotta do that one appropriately aha uh -huh. there we go <laughs> is this your first watch fuck no beautiful <laughs> uh the third question who is your favorite character so far Hard to differentiate uh, first watch from rewatches since I had more faves down the line, but Ted will always hold a place in my heart. While his constant optimism was the downfall of other things, it was a light in the dark for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, So many of us. Yeah. Uh, what were some of your favorite quotes? Uh, so many. High five tree. I don't remember <laughs> that one. High five tree. Oh, oh, never mind. I got it. Uh, and uh, The bubbles got me, which is when he spits out the... Uh, <gasps> 
the bubbles. bubbles. That caught me by surprise the first time that I watch it because you assume it's going to be still water as an American. Yeah. And he just like basically barfs it everywhere. And, and it does it mess. again. <laughs> he, the second time he does it is worse. Yeah. Because then it's he apologizes. all over everyone's phones. Because as he's leaving, he's like, I apologize for spitting all over your equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets a little still water afterwards. He's like, look, see, I could do that all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll update with more after another rewatch, which we didn't get, but that's fine. We'll get that's more from it. him as we go. Uh, Danielle Dement Juiced. Juiced? I hope I said that right, Danielle. Um, that's my daughter's name, by the way. Beautiful name. Uh, OMG, I am so excited that you are covering this show. I just finished it for the first time and I am ready for a rewatch. I just rewatched episode one. I've seen the whole series recently and this is my first rewatch. It's amazing to see how much character development there was for every single character from beginning to end. I think the pilot made Rebecca out to be much harder than she turned out to be and made Keely seem a bit vapid, which didn't really follow her into the series. Pilots are always kind of fun to look at because so many things can change between the pilot and the second episode. This is going to be so much fun to watch for the second time. Yes, I agree, I Danielle. Agree. Uh, and then our last uh, written feedback comes from Gemma Hall. Uh, there are a few shows that from the pilot episode. My heart just goes, yes, uh, Buffy lost The Walking Dead, Stranger Things. They just get me immediately, and Ted Lasso is with them. I don't know what it was, but Ted's optimism and infectious personality and kindness is just so endearing. How often do you get a main character that is just a really nice guy, but still has a few demons that are not immediately evident? I actually watched this with my husband for once as a huge Liverpool fan, and he loved Ted Lasso. I loved the twist of Rebecca being out to get the club, and she only hired Ted to bring Richmond down. Roy Kent stands out immediately as one of my favorite characters, and Nate is so sweet. Bless him. It goes to your heart. <laughs> uh, Keely is a typical wag to start, but starts an instant bond with Ted, and the press conference scene is so great. I love Trent Krim, the independent. <laughs> I just can't say enough about how much I loved the show. It made my year. I binge-watched binge watched it again in August, and I was gutted when it got to the end. Can I ask, what does, what's a wag? Uh, so a wag is like a wife of an athlete. Um, but it's, um, let's see. I'm trying to look up. Uh, wag is an acronym, which refers to the spouses and girlfriends of well-known athletes. It stands for wives and girlfriends. Got it. <clears throat> Cause I've learned recently what WAP means, but not <laughs> completely wag. different so, thing. Mm-hmm. No, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Completely different thing. Uh, and that leads us to a voicemail that we received, of course, from our friend, Steve Brown. Yay, Steve. Uh, it's going to be I'm, short. I'm so looking forward to, to live Stevings of Ted Lasso. Yeah, me too. These are going to be fun. Uh, but here it is, our voicemail from our friend, Steve. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. And before I start my uh, uh, live Steve of Ted Lasso season one, episode one, I just have to tell a quick story that hopefully will be quick. Uh, the new job I have at the church, uh, occasionally there's another person in the building and uh, I <laughs> I seem to scare her a lot when I'm walking through the building. So I started going, whistle, whistle, <laughs> whenever I'm approaching a place where she's at. Just uh, my homage to Ted Lasso. Well, I just realized that's later and that might be spoilery. I hope not. If You can cut it if you want to. Oh, that was a cool move. Kicking the ball up and then over somebody else's head and kicking it yourself. Did that just 
Did that guy, that co- the, the coach she's firing just say your impressive chest? Gosh, guy, dude, watch, read the room. I totally forgot about Ted's dancing. Do we see that later at all? And does anyone else ever call him Theodore? <laughs> Not the London Bridge, the Tower Bridge, because this one's still up. I, I love it. That one. I'm trying not to go along with all this stuff at the beginning, but man, it's such a good pilot. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, how the how Skocker developed to keep the boys from masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> how do you take your tea? Well, sometimes I have to get right back to the counter because someone's made a terrible mistake. I love that line. Ow, this moment is significant. Um, I get choked up because just like when... Uh, Ted asked Nathan his name. He asked uh, Rebecca, how are you doing? Gosh. Oh, and our introduction to Trent Krim, is this an effing joke? Well, I forgot about that. Wow. Hannah's am I wrong is strong. <laughs> oh, so we start the season with Rebecca being completely against Ted Lasso. Oh, I'm going to burn this club to the ground. At this point, she doesn't want them to win. She wants them to lose to torture her ex-husband oh, i love it he puts up uh champion posters muhammad ali standing over um it's that oh i can't remember the guys the one who muhammad ali defeated in that big poster <laughs> he doesn't tweet but he beatboxes all right sorry about how long this is i'll try to be shorter next time i uh, talk to you later <laughs> i feel like i have to play it just because whistle whistle i do love the fact that he uh brought up the start of soccer and i do hope that that's a true story because it's hilarious i don't know if it's a true story or not but i hope a it is sport too. that you play without your hands i just loved it so to, much to keep boys from masturbating it was just hilarious that's so ridiculous i hope it's true yeah uh thank you to everybody so much already for a strong start with feedback and yes We hope you guys continue to do it. We hope some of you new listeners decide to leave feedback as well. Easiest ways to do that. Uh, Revisitedpod.com is where you can go to the website. There you can find links on how to listen, subscribe, and even leave feedback. Uh, But if you want to email us directly, we encourage you to do that as well. Feedback at revisitedpod.com. Send us an email. Record yourself in a voice memo and send it to us as a voicemail and we'll play it. Those are the easiest ways to do it. And we encourage you guys to do it, please. Uh, Cause we want to know your thoughts, especially, especially if you're a first time watcher, mm-hmm. I really want to hear that, that kind of feedback. Me too. Um, Cause we want to know your thoughts as we're going through. Um, I also, we've got to push uh, Podcastica as well, because this is a joint production with Podcastica, as well as being a Wilhelm spinoff. Uh, so WilhelmPodcast.com, that's where you can go to find discover all the stuff with Wilhelm. And then Podcastica.com is where you can go to discover all the Podcastica podcasts, uh, which include, uh, we'll, we'll make mention of two in particular right now. Uh, the first off is the Wheel of Time podcast, which I am currently a part of with our friend Greg, who actually left us one of the feedback this week. But you are on... I'm on Star Wars cast and we're doing Ahsoka <laughs> and it is amazing. And we have two episodes left and I'm really, really excited. And this last episode was amazing. And it, there was four of us uh, on the last episode and it was almost a three hour long podcast, but it goes with the magnitude of last week's episode. If those of you who watched it understand what I'm talking about. Um, but it is some of the most fun that I've ever had 
recording a podcast because my uh, my co-hosts there, Jonathan and James, are just delightful, delightful gentlemen. And um, it's literally when Jonathan starts off, he goes, we're podcasting from around the world and around the galaxy. He's in Australia. Uh, James is always somewhere. You never really know where. <laughs> and then I'm stuck here in Podunk, North Carolina. Um, and then this last week, Jason was in California. So we had four different time zones to work with. And that was very interesting to put that together. Um, and then also Jason um, right now is covering on Cast of Us or Walking Dead Cast, whatever you want to call it, whatever you remember it being. Uh, they're covering the new Daryl Dixon show. Mm-hmm. And they are about to jump into a Walking Dead rewatch, which I'm really excited about. I'm definitely going to follow along um, because I didn't find Walking Dead cast until the third season. So it'll be fun to kind of jump in with a rewatch um, and start over fresh with him and Lucy. So that'll be coming, I think, after Daryl Dixon, yeah, Daryl, it, whatever it's called. Well, because we're going to have a, a, there's going to be a massive gap when it comes to Walking Dead content because of the strikes and such. Um, right. So yeah, so it's it's the perfect time for them to jump into a rewatch because it's going to take them some time. And then um, Penny, who we just talked about earlier, Penny Lennox, uh, who just had a birthday, I believe is the one that also just started a Buffy um Buffy podcast. So it's called Still Slaying, uh, a Buffy pod, a Buffy podcast or a Buffy rewatch podcast. Now, I do have to say that's that's not a full on rewatch. I know, and I'm really bummed because I've never seen Buffy all the way through. So I was really excited to like jump in on that, but I can't. I I don't know how to just watch certain episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know either. Um, but. You know, for Buffy fans, they're going to be going over some really fun, iconic episodes. Um, So if you are a Buffy fan, I highly suggest going and checking it out. Don't forget to like and review and rate all of these podcasts, including ours. Yes, please. Uh, Please review and rate our podcast. Share it with your friends. Um, Ted Lasso is still a really popular show. And the the more people that we can reach out to, the more engagement we can get. And we're really excited about the next six months of covering the show. Yeah. I do I do want to mention one other uh, podcastica podcast and then I'll reiterate the website as well. Um Strange Indeed with oh, Rima yes. and Paik, our friends Rima and Paik. Um they are getting ready to do Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, which is another Mike Flanagan show. Same guy that did um Haunting of Hill House, uh, Midnight Mass, like a bunch of these great one-off horror series. IGN has reviewed Fall of the House of Usher, which I'm familiar with because I've read it. It's an Edgar Allan Poe story. IGN has given it a perfect 10 rating. That's unheard of. So I cannot wait to, one, watch the series, and two, hear Rima and Pake's coverage of it because they are a huge fan of Mike Flanagan and his work. So, well, and they're just stellar podcasters. They are. They're really well together. Stellar podcasters. And if you are, uh, if you are like me, and you miss Stranger Things more than you miss most things normal <laughs> in your life, uh, they did start off as a strange Stranger Things podcast, and their Stranger Things coverage is phenomenal. Yep, it's phenomenal. Um, and I highly recommend going back and listening to old episodes. Uh, there was a different co-host at the time. It was uh, Sean of Rima and Sean. But um, I believe Paik took over anyways in this last fourth season. I I think it was before. Was it? Maybe. It I, don't I don't know. I don't know because it's been a while for me and I get 
confused and I have a cold. <laughs> but <laughs> you have brain Paik, fog. Paik is an amazing human being just on like just besides being a good podcast podcaster and Rima is just such a good friend of ours um yeah. and she is her podcasting has just leveled up every single time she approaches the mic so yeah i got to i got the podcast with her on strange indeed we covered the stand the the remake of the stand oh i remember and, that i i listened and, along and that was that was a ton of fun as well um yeah so podcastica.com is where you can go just click on podcast at the top and you'll find links to all of those podcasts there's something for everyone over at podcastica we say that every time yeah, um, but because there is because there is but again in addition to podcastica there's also wilhelm which is this is a spin off of that which is my mm-hmm. flag my flagship series and uh you know uh, Kristen and I also do a series of episodes over on Wilhelm called the movie swap where <laughs> Kristen and I give each other a homework assignment, basically of a movie we've never seen before. We come on, we talk about it, we go on tangents, uh, and then we're really, and we're releasing another one of those this week in which we, we discuss our homework, which, uh, was the maze runner and chef, both movies from 2014. <laughs> And weirdly, the Maze Runner took us on a half-hour tangent about just young adult movies. <laughs> yeah, and adaptations of young adult movies. Well, Chef yep. took us on a tangent about going to Louisiana for food. That is true. That is so, true. We had a good time. That was these, a good time. These are our tangents we go on when we talk about that. Uh, WilhelmPodcast.com is where you can check that out as well. And there's other stuff on Wilhelm as well, including top five lists, uh, celebrity interviews, panels, all this kind of uh, very pop culture TV and movie based. Um. Any final notes or recommendations before we, uh, we get I have out? one recommendation. It's one that I used with um, Lost, but I'm just going to reiterate it because I think it goes thematically with what Ted Lasso is. If you're looking for a newer show that kind of to fill that Ted Lasso hole in your life, I highly recommend uh, looking into the show The Bear. Um, it is, without a doubt, Ted Lasso in a kitchen. Okay. That makes me more interested in watching The Bear. Yeah. It is Ted Lasso in a kitchen, and that's... Just all I'm going to say. Okay. Fair enough. With one really annoying character who I wish would just be go away. It's not played by Mindy Kaling, is it? No. Okay. Then I'm good. No. Mindy <laughs> Kaling is not in it. Okay. No. Jeremy Allen White from Shameless is in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the lead, and right? Yeah. He's yeah. he's the chef. He's the yeah. bear. He's the bear. <clears throat> Uh, all right, cool. Then with that said, season one, uh, season one, episode two is the next episode of this podcast, uh, aptly titled biscuits, which biscuits with the mouse. We will find out more about. And I just learned this too. Didn't realize this directed by Zach Braff. Oh, very nice. Of I think I'm going to do the Ted Lasso biscuit recipe for next week. Yeah, it's out there. I, I, Dave found it. So I'm, I'm going to try and make it dairy free. We'll see. There you go. We'll find out. Uh, all right, cool. Then with that being said, thank you to everybody who joined us for this. Thank you for all the new listeners that are coming in now with this, with this rewatch of Ted Lasso. Um, thank you to everybody who left feedback. Thank you in advance to everybody who will leave feedback. Uh, but until the next time, we'll see you guys on the pitch. Ah. Take care. Bye. Bye.